On Monday, the Adelaide Strikers take on uh, the Melbourne Renegades. That'll be at Etihad Stadium. And uh, someone that knows, uh, well, both camps pretty well, actually, is uh, a tremendous young spinner. Um, Dutchie Holland, uh, John Holland, to give him his proper name, actually, his government name. But he joins us to kick off uh, another big edition of Stumps. And uh, Dutchie, thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, first off, um, uh, you've had a pretty quiet season with the Renegades so far, just the one game. So obviously you'll be looking for a chance uh, this Monday. Yeah, hopefully I get a, another run for the Renegades. Um, no, I didn't, didn't miss out. I missed out on the first few games with Hogg and um, Nabby Bowen quite well, so you know, I've been sitting on the sidelines, but you know, it's a great tournament to be a part of and just be around the group. It's been good. John, how's it happened? When does when do you start getting an indication of whether you're playing the 11 or not? Uh, I think, Ronnie's been pretty good. He's um, Obviously, he's our coach of Victoria as well, so I've got a good relationship with him. He's um, He's been speaking to me the whole time, saying, you know, like, depending on conditions and matchups and that, like, I was always a chance to play in the first few games. It just didn't go that way and um, you know we we're playing very well and winning so it's hard to change a, a winning team but I've always sort of been been ready to go if, if called upon and you know last time last game the matchups and that went my way and I, I got a, got the nod but hopefully um, Adelaide strikes have got a few left handers so whether or not they they go to play me or not I'm not sure it's an amazing word we, we hear so often now in, in create matchups you know, we, we're here in the winter sport all the time but uh, this 2020 game, it, it's so important that the, the coaches and the players get those matchups right. Yeah, I think so. I think, well, the coaches and all that do a, do a great job, um, you know, watching the other games and and identifying what players like, what sort of bowling. I think because it's such a short game and the, the game's over in 20 overs, you really need to get your, the bowlers that you want bowling to the batsmen that, you know, that suits them and, and hopefully they, you know, it goes your way and you can get them out or, or restrict the runs. John, how much uh, of the backroom influence do you have uh, on, you know, does Ronnie sort of um, pencil out like, right, here's what's going to happen? Because there is a fair few personnel changes, obviously, with Finchie and uh, and Bear playing for the national side at the moment. Uh, have you? This is something that's been obviously going on for a fair while with people being called up for, from the Renegades, but... Uh, do you guys plan for this sort of stuff? Because we can see with uh, with Adelaide, they've had to fill in a spot for Alex Carey. Do you have these plan B, so to speak? Yeah, I think. Well, everyone knew that Finchie was only going to be available for the the first um, six games or whatever it was that he played. Um, Whitey was one that we weren't prepared for. Um, I don't think many people were expecting him to get caught up, but he deserved it. And it's great to see him playing for Australia again. So that, that was something that we've had to sort of juggle around but we've got some good young batsmen like Matt Short and um, Bo Webster that come in and, and they're more than capable to do a good job. John, I'm not sure whether Hodgie's having his 50th birthday this week or not, <laughs> but with, with the injuries had, um, does it, now these you know, on the north side of 40, does that take longer for him to heal? Is he going to be okay come Monday? Well, no one's, no one's seen him. He's gone over to India for his head coaching job over in the IPL, so he hasn't been around at all. I haven't seen him bat, but I think the last game he missed out on, he was probably a chance to play and could have played, but because we had such a long break before the next game, I think they aired on the side of caution and, and hopefully he'll be right to, to captain this game and, and play the rest of the tournament. 
What's it going to be like uh, with – last week was just remarkable in the sense that first off you had, uh, obviously, Cameron White announced as captain. Then uh, next thing you know, it's Brad Hodge's captain and then uh, Dwayne Bravo's captain. Was that pretty rattling for uh, for the squad? I don't think so. You know, everyone's, um, you know, gets on really well within the group and to have a captain, well, everyone thought it was going to be Whitey, who's such um, such a good captain in that format, all, all three formats, but um, he knows the game so well. And then Hodgie to, to back him up, you know, Hodgie's a, played a lot of 2020 cricket around the world. So, you know, everyone expects sort of changes and that to, for the captain. It wasn't such a big deal for us and, you know, Hodgie will come back in and, and do a good job, I'm sure. You know, Peter Sittlewell, what do you got for him? Any surprises? Take a prawn oh. out or a lamb chop? <laughs> Put a steak on a lamb, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm reliably informed, that, and every squad needs a, you know, a good guy, laconic, practical joker, not to the Merv Hughes standard of ear-licking and uh, <laughs> a number of other things that can't be mentioned on the radio, the activities that Mervyn would get up to in a change room. I hear you're a calmer in the change room. You're one of those fellows that uh, uh, gets the place having the right feel. Am I fair in saying that? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I think I just love um, playing cricket, really, and love being around a group of blokes that you know, I spend a lot of time with and, and get along well with. So, you know, there's a young bloke, your son, that's in the group, so I'm training him up to be the, the same sort of guy. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I've never seen Simon lose that much colour in his face. <laughs> I didn't want him coming back with that. I, you know, that's the one thing I didn't expect. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of um, young talents, um, in the news uh, this week, some of the big uh, headlines was uh, Mackenzie Harvey, who's uh, the nephew of uh, Ian Harvey. He's coming into this squad as cover for Aaron Finch. Now, first off, those are some pretty big shoes to fill for Finchie. And uh, what's uh, young Mackenzie Harvey like? Well, I, I haven't had anything to do with him until we trained yesterday. And he's you know, he was quite quiet. Obviously, he didn't really know many blokes, but. He had a hit out in the middle, and he, he looked pretty good. Um, he's made a lot of runs. I think he made runs against England not long ago in a one-day game as well. So whether or not he plays, I'm not sure, but he looks pretty capable, and, and hopefully he does. John, just a little bit away from um, the match coming up on Monday night, I mentioned to Nims earlier, um, it, it's an old bugbear of mine. I, I think communication in sport is, is one of the you know, highest priorities, particularly from you know, selectors to coaches to players. And and still to this day, I, I keep reading and hearing that you know that, that communication uh, probably hasn't improved all that much from uh, eras gone by. Would you? You've been on the cusp of many national selections, and I've no doubt talking to national coaches and and national selectors. Is the is there a communication um, gap between selectors and players, or do you think it's satisfactory in the modern game? I uh, it's. A tough one, I think. Um, you know, every, everyone obviously wants to play for Australia, and um, whether or not you get picked, it's it's up to the selector. So it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, you know, you obviously everyone would love a call and, and know how where they stand and how they're going. But for a selector to call everyone that's playing domestic cricket around Australia, it's probably going to be a bit too much. But um, you know, maybe maybe they could make a little bit more effort or if it's up to the player to, to contact them if they want something to know, I'm not sure, but maybe there could be something done. I don't really want to 
say too much. But you, you're capable and you're confident enough that you could have a good conversation and ring, you know, Mark War or Trevor Hones up if and, and painting the picture, you, your shield form's spectacular, and you think, oh, so I'm still in. Oh, I should ring him up, you know, and just see what he reckons. Is, is that something that commonly goes on amongst the first class players around the country? I don't. I don't think many players would be comfortable ringing up the selectors and asking what's going on. It's something I wouldn't do. Um, Whether or not maybe our selectors could contact them and and feed it that way, I'm not sure. I don't know. But I think something does need to be done where they call maybe just a... Sure, not everyone's on the cusp of selection, I wouldn't... But you could say that maybe there's a few, you know, that names come up that maybe they could contact on. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Dutchie, uh, just one more thing. Um, with, on the um, topic of uh, selections and stuff, obviously Cameron White was something that came just completely out of left field, and I'm sure uh, Bear even said it himself in his first press conference that uh, literally the first thing he did was uh, walk into the into the hotel, get one of the Australia team shirts, and then go face the media in questions. So clearly he didn't see it coming. But we've seen in literally in the past summer. Tim Payne getting a call up after three years, after seven years in the Test Wilderness. Um, Cameron White, three years without playing a one-day international. All of a sudden, 24 hours ago, he was uh, fronting up for Australia. With a World Cup that's coming up in 18 months or so, experienced players, and you yourself, you've, you've got a fair bit of uh, experience under your belt, you can't really write anyone off these days. So uh, do, do you still have that thought in the back of your head that, like, geez, I better... Better be ready just in case that phone call does come up and uh, I do have to put on the green and gold or a baggy green. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, ne- you never give up. Um, Whitey's a perfect example. Although it'll come out of out of the blue for, for most people, he has been performing really well in in all uh, forms of cricket, 2020, Shield cricket and one-day cricket for Victoria as well. So, you know, I think performances, uh, you know, hold a lot, of, a lot of weight at the selection table and hopefully, you know, you can keep performing. And, and if you do get that chance and been great but if not you know you go back to your state and, and work hard and, and play hard and hopefully win there you go well uh fingers crossed that uh we'll be seeing you on well you'll be out in the paddock on monday taking on the adelaide strikers but uh dutchie it's been a pleasure to have a yarn with you mate and thanks for joining uh, myself and simon and uh, just before you go johnny just before you go who's the biggest pest biggest pest in the renegade squad who is it marcus harris by a mile <laughs> fair dinkum he's yeah, only five foot two is he? Yeah, he's cheeky. Very Is he? Cheeky. Oh, he was a bit cheeky when he spoke to us the other week here on Stumps. Was he? I'll keep an eye <laughs> we'll, on we'll him. We'll remember that now. <laughs> and, mate, you yourself know you're not guilty of any shenanigans at any stage? Nah, nah, I'm pretty quiet. Yep. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Let's wrap this up, Nims. Yeah. I'm sick of being told lies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dutchie. Good on you, mate. And uh, best of luck on Monday night. No worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers.